0: Snap Production. Spread your jams and drizzle your syrups. Why is it so sticky? It's Matt and Alex
1: All Day Breakfast. Alex Darson, I'm buying petrol yesterday. Great. Needs uh, to be done. Yep. Go on to... Haven't got the the electric car yet. I know. I wish I could. Tell you what. Wish I could have the all electric. Wish wish we could run cars on laughter. (laughs) Tell you what. Because you, listening to Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast... Would be spluttering along (laughs) a little, a little bloody, I don't know, a little Billy cart. Anyways, (laughs) buying petrol. Yep. Um, and the lady asked me, um, you know, what number are you? Yep. Turned around. I said, Oh, number one. And I thought, Yeah. Yeah, it's the little things. What? That's the story. You know, you ever just get a little boost of like? Do you ever just get feel a little? Just a little oh like.
2: Are you telling me the story? <laughs> the whole story is that you got petrol yesterday and you were at the number one Bowser.
1: Yeah, I felt a little proud. Like I felt proud. I was like, yeah, number one. I was like, yeah, I'm number one. <laughs> That's Literally, that's what went on in my head. Is that that psychopathic? While driving your absolute lemon.
2: (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's me. The car that's broken down three times in the last couple of months.
1: (laughs) I was like, yeah, it's the little things. If you don't appreciate the little things, Alex Dyson, you can't appreciate the big things. All right, well, that's... (laughs) That's all good. <laughs>
2: um, thank you very much for joining us. I promise some of the stories will be better uh, the deeper you go into this podcast. Uh, we're going to be chatting to an insider, an anonymous tell-all insider who happens to be a train driver. Okay, so all these stories that the public doesn't usually get to hear, we're going to be hearing about that. Uh, We've also got an interview with uh, one of the gentlemen behind this group. Wait,
0: are you a cop?
1: Right, rap
2: yes! from the meeting tree is going to be joining us. Uh, they've had this song, "Pay My Tax," and I hate myself a little bit uh, uh, in there as well. They got nominated for an aria. They got relatively big, Matt O'Kine. But you know, with music and stuff going on, relatively big, particularly in Australia, you've got to have a, a side gig. And um, rap's one is quite interesting. So we're going to be joining him to find out what's exactly been going on in his life. And first things first, Matt, the big news in Australia is a lot of really devastating floods is going on. Before before the Insiders, before we talk to Raf, we're going to cross to Port Macquarie to check in, make sure the people of Port Macquarie are okay in the mid-north coast and surrounding areas getting
1: so much rain. We want to make sure things are going all right there and just, yeah, hear what it's like on the ground. Yeah, that's right. This is all day breakfast with your number one and the old mate of Bowser 15. Let's get stuck in.
3: Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go,
0: here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast.
2: Yeah, Matt, this week some really, really terrible pictures coming out of the mid-north coast. New South Wales absolutely copping so much rain and it's been tough every single day <laughs> so far knowing that's like, oh, and there's more rain to continue. It's mm. It's kept coming. You've been in Sydney, which is relatively um, okay with it all. But, yeah, seeing some of that mid-north coast stuff has been really, really horrific. And so we thought we'd check in, make sure everything's okay, get a few stories as to what's actually going on on the ground. And we're going to cross to Port
1: Macquarie right now. James Preston is joining us from there. Hello, James.
0: Hey, g'day, mate. G'day, Alex. How you going?
1: Yeah, good, thanks, James. Look, uh, I was in Port Macquarie. Literally, you know, a weekend ago. It was such a beautiful, sunny weekend. It's so shocking to see some of the photos that have come out over the last few days to see some of those places just completely underwater. How? What's it like being on the ground there?
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what, the photos don't really do it justice. You you take a walk down through the port CBD on, on Short Street and Hayward Street where all these major businesses are, Coles and finance places and things like that, and they're underwater. There's sandbags up front just trying to stop some sort of water flow from coming into the business the southern end of the street is basically connected to the river at this point and you've got major devastation sort of around the outskirts of Port Macquarie too. So towns like Sandcrocks and and Warhope a little further to the west, they're pretty much totally underwater and and Rawdon Island itself is completely underwater. We've had two houses wash away there and a little further south as well in Taree. uh, We had a major house which basically lifted out of the ground and then uh, the two people that were living there, they were actually having their wedding day on the Saturday when the house went. So it's been pretty oh. crazy stuff for so many people.
2: Have, have you have seen any things that you just think, I cannot believe my eyes right now of what's going on? Yeah, well, I'm not sure how much time you
0: might have spent up in Port Macquarie, but as you go along Hastings River Drive there, which is obviously right near the water, there's a bunch of beautiful restaurants, such as a, a big oyster farm restaurant. There's also Whalebone. Um, so a lot of very popular places there. Those are completely underwater. So usually you can see mangroves sort of coming out there. Well, the mangroves are gone. Um, completely
2: submerged.
0: Down. Yeah, completely submerged. Oh, my so goodness. Wow. We're looking at things like when the high tide comes through, um, the water level around certain places is is up to about a metre, metre and a half above the land height. So it's pretty crazy stuff. Uh, a bit further north in Telegraph Point, there's that famous photo that's been doing the rounds of people drinking in the pub and The water is up around their waist, and that's pretty much all the way through the town. That's not just in the one spot. Um, Also up north in Kendall, we had an entire cafe just completely demolished, essentially, by debris moving Mm. through. There was about 50 kids that had to spend the night in the school because they couldn't go home either. So everywhere you look, it's just been pretty harrowing scenes. There's been a lot of devastation, and obviously, it's really hard for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I'm, I was <clears throat> looking at some tweets by a producer from the ABC called Matt Bevan. He was trying to get home from Port Macquarie, or dr- at least driving along the Pacific Highway, but it was completely blocked off. Even the detour that Google was taking people on was also completely blocked off with uh, flooding. And so he had to then make a round trip back up to Port and stay the night where he said there was 90, like 99% occupancy full of all, you know, in all the accommodation. What is it like having, I mean, are, are there lots of people who are stuck there? Are you noticing truck drivers and motorists and this influx of people? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy,
0: mate. I think the other night over Saturday, we had 200 SDS rescues in the one night, which is just incredible kind of stuff. We had the Westpac helicopter also airlifting people. Uh, we've had flooding on the Oxley Highway, which sort of connects Port Macquarie to those outskirting towns such as Thrumster and Warhope. And then, obviously, on the Pacific Highway, that's where we've had plenty of flooding there. So, yeah, there's a lot of people being displaced. And there's also, obviously, the concern of uh, supply issues too. So a lot of the IGA's up here, they're run by Hastings Co-op, and they get a lot of their supplies from Metcash, which is based in Sydney. So what we've found with them is that a lot of the dry goods, the canned goods, those trucks can't get through because the water is just so deep on Pacific Highway that, fortunately, we've been able to turn to a lot of local providers who've been providing fresh groceries and some meats and stuff. But, yeah, a lot of the dry goods aren't getting there. We do have a lot of people that are looking for housing. Uh, But the one thing I have noticed, which has been brilliant with this community, because it has been a community that's been through so much in the past 18 months, is that a lot of people have been stepping up. They've been offering for people to stay at their houses. I've seen at least 10 different posts on the various social media groups up here of people offering free stays at their house or Airbnb and, you know, bringing food with it. We've had Tandoori Kitchen, which is one of the Indian restaurants up here. They've been feeding emergency services, personnel and, and flood people for the past three days now so they've put out around about 400 mils it's just been awesome
2: How wow. yeah well you're still in the midst of it James so we will let you get back to it but what do you what do you see as far as you know the cleanup goes is, is it tough to look further than than right now when the, the waters are still extremely high uh what, what's the talk in the town as to how Port Macquarie will be able to recover
0: yes I think that the SBS and the council's got a serious cleanup on their hands. Uh, if you have a look at Town Beach, there might be some photos online floating around, but I would say there's probably at least four or five tonnes worth of debris on that beach alone. There's just enormous logs. There's almost no sand. It's all covered in, uh, in, you know, giant logs, giant sticks. There's all sorts of things that have been washed up as well. We've had cows. We've had animals, unfortunately, that have passed away in the process, But they all need to be cleared out. I'm thinking it's going to take several weeks, potentially months, to get back to where we were beforehand. And in towns like Warhope and, and Kendall, I can't even imagine what the level of destruction is there. I'm sure it's in the billions, to be honest. Um, moving forward, I think you know the, the entire town has sort of pitched in. They've looked to help out where possible. We've had volunteers all over the place. Uh, big shout out to Rampage Marina Fabrications. They've actually started an entire channel, essentially, of water distribution. so getting supplies to those cutoff points like Telegraph Point Point. And, Kendall, where you can't access by car anymore. So that's been something that's been going on for four or five days. So I think it's going to be a, a real community effort. We'll have plenty of volunteers. We'll have the SDS. We'll have Fire and Rescue. We'll have Council. But, yeah, I think it's going to take a couple of months at least.
1: Mate, it's incredible. It sounds absolutely devastating. And, uh, you know, our thoughts are with everyone who's going through it. Thanks so much, James, for letting us know how it's all going. And uh, we'll be looking forward to hearing you on the radio tomorrow.
0: Yeah, thanks, guys, and look, always happy to help out and and let you know what's happening up here, and we appreciate the
2: concern. Yeah, pass on our best to everyone, James. We really appreciate you chatting to us. Catch you later.
0: Thanks, guys.
2: And shout-outs to you if you're listening from a flood-affected area, obviously wishing you the absolute best in this uh, really difficult time and, yeah, pushing forward to the future. You can see the community spirit around there always strong when something like this happens. So hopefully uh, the rebuild happens sooner rather than later. Uh, Thanks so much to James Preston for joining us. Let's keep moving on with the show. Coffee? Yeah,
0: coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Oh, well, I feel
3: a buzz. Hmm. Are you keeping juicy gas from me? Do you know what's going on here? We know what's going on. You won't believe it. Real juicy. So let's just keep it on the down low, shall we?
0: Matt and Alex's insiders. Insiders.
2: Oh, Matt has come to that time again to check in with our person on the inside.
1: Yeah, that's right. We're going to be scanning our Opals uh, or our Go-Karts or our Mikeys. Oysters. um, Oysters (laughs) to uh, get a little inside peek into the world of public transport and in particular on today's show, train
2: drivers. That's right. We've done many industries in the past. Real estate was a big one last week. Oh,
1: um, they, oh, blew the they, lid
2: right off it. They fired some people up in our messages as well. And today is one for all the commuters out there. Our anonymous train driver correspondent joins us right now from the station. Hello,
1: anonymous.
4: Hey, guys. How are we?
1: We're good, thank you, anonymous. Now, uh, let's get started. How long have you been driving trains for?
4: Um, for nearly a year. Ooh, so
1: ooh. still relatively fresh to it, which I fresh like. Fresh out
4: the station, eh? <laughs> Be- that's
2: right. Because I think when you walk into something, you go, ooh, that's a little bit weird. You haven't been desensitized over the years to think of something as very normal. So I hopefully
4: we'll get a few stories out. Uh, do, have you always wanted to drive trains? Uh, no, um, it kind of just happened. Um, when I say happened, like it's a really long our recruitment process from the time I applied to when I got the job was 13 months. So it didn't really just happen, but, wow, um, yeah.
1: Now I hope, I hope I'm not giving too much away, but I, um, I suspect you identify as a woman. Is that correct? That is correct. Now what, what's the, what are the rights the ratio like for women in train driving? Is it, is it a, is it a high ratio or, or not many at this stage?
4: Um, in comparison to men currently, Less, but rapidly rising.
1: Wow! And now, okay. what, what was
2: it? What were you, was going through your mind the first time you were taking the, the train out for a ride solo?
4: Um, terrified. <laughs> like you, you get into a into a comfort zone where you've got someone beside you, mm. and then the moment you get given your keys and it's like, okay, there's your train. It's like, oh no, I'm doing this on my <laughs> own. I don't have anyone to talk to. Um, it can get lonely sometimes as well.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. You're just sort of in your in your, in your your little cabin up the front, are you? Do you, yeah. do you? Are you able to leave? Do you talk to someone? We talked about taxi drivers the other day. They're always on the little phone to someone <laughs> just having little whisper chats. Do you ever get to chat to anyone?
4: No, we're not allowed to have any phones or radios or anything in the cab with us. So
2: you couldn't have the Matt and Alex podcast just blurring out the front?
4: Unfortunately
2: not Oh no Well I guess that is good That you don't get distracted Let's Um, get into the nitty gritty Here Anonymous Because this has been A lot of pleasantries But why are trains late All the time What's going on Yeah
4: come
1: on What's going on
4: (laughs) I am so surprised That you guys asked I didn't think you would Even bother (laughs) But here we are Um, Okay so Trains When you're coming Into I guess The big location Where they all meet a lot of lines merge into one. If one is late, they're all late. Mm. Um, And they can be late for, you know, the signaler might have had a nap and forgot to let you through the line. Um, You might have had to pick up a few wheelchairs. That is one Mm. thing that holds us back quite a lot because we actually have to do everything. Um, So we've got to get out, load them on and everything and let them off where they're supposed to get off. For sure, It's a bit time consuming. Um, In terms of I guess cancellations as well if the train's not safe it can't stay in service with people on it um it is a very uh, safety critical job we have a lot of onus on us to make sure that we are driving the train safely and that the train is completely safe for you know you know 1200 to 1500 people to be on it at any one time mm,
1: wow and what do you mean by not safe what could be what could go wrong with it
4: um, many things. I don't know. The brakes might stop working. Um, you might... So some of the trains run with... Uh, they use air. You might have something rupture one of those air tanks. You lose air, you lose brakes, um, you lose That sounds power. like a
1: Hollywood movie, Anonymous.
4: <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> train <laughs> can't stop. <laughs> These things don't usually happen, mm. but they can. We do... I suppose um, roadworthies on the trains every day. That's a part of our job, so we have to, I guess, prep the train, make sure that it is safe to go in service. Do you have your um, own one
2: train, or you get given one? You know, different days.
4: Different days. So you might drive, I don't know, five different trains in one day. Whoa! Oh, yeah. okay. So um, pretty much you swap over and they're like, yeah, it's a good thing or it's got this wrong with it, just monitor it, that kind of stuff. <laughs>
1: okay. But
2: right. it should be fine. That
4: sounds super <laughs> concerning, but it's usually fine.
1: <laughs> so let's uh, let's get into a little heavier topic now. Um, dealing with a lot of public and a lot of people around, have you ever – I mean, what, what happens when there are accidents involving people?
4: From our side of things, it's, it happens very quickly. Um you know, the line will be shut down immediately. Emergency services will be there. Um, We don't really stick around. We get taken away. Um, But they're, like, really on top of it. Um, Mm -hmm. We do get a lot of trespasses and stuff like that and, you know, police operations happening around us. So um, communication is key. Um, Drivers will be made known of things going on like that immediately, um, which which is good.
1: And are you offered, like, support and stuff?
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, we do receive quite extensive support. We have as long of offers we need. Um, I, I guess it's, you know, every driver is different. Every scenario is different. So it just depends on the person. Um, the company that I work for is really supportive of that because, um, you know, they understand that it is a part of the job and it is sometimes not a matter of if, but when. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're really good about that kind of stuff.
2: For sure. Wow. Now, let's let's talk about train routes, okay, moving aside a little bit. Do the train drivers have been there for a really long time get to sort of get the pick of the best route, the most scenic yeah, routes? that's what I want to know. And then the other, like yourself, you know, coming up on your first year of train driving, you stuck running the industrial estate and Old all the worst. Old Kent Road out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and everyone else is up on Mayfair train routes?
4: <laughs> Not really. To be honest, like, there's a lot of, like, routes that we have to drive. There's a lot of train drives to go around, so... Like, if you think about how many services we have to run every day, it's not a matter of being able to pick and choose. You're kind of rostered what you have. Um, Having said that, like, the more senior drivers are on a better roster and then it kind of goes down from there. They're not Um, doing the night
1: trains, the Saturday night (laughs) night trains.
4: Sometimes, if they like doing it, they
1: do. All right, fair enough. Because, I mean, I was was thinking, I was thinking, Anonymous, you know, like, if you, as a young actor growing up, you know, fresh out of drama school, you look to someone like you know, Chris Hemsworth, you know, leaving the Our lofty mate. hills of, of Hollywood to, you know, live in a $24 million mansion up in Byron. You know, you look at him think, wow, that's, that's what I would like my career to be like. What's, who's the Chris Hemsworth of trains?
4: I don't know if there really is one. Like to be perfectly honest, all those senior drivers might end up with a pretty shitty run every now and then. Um, so, I mean, it does keep it fair. Um, You kind of being young, you look at the older ones and you're like, oh, they've got it good. Like, you know, they must have been here for ages. And um, strange, why do they they why do they got it good? What,
1: What makes what what makes the driver get it good?
4: Um, they might not have to get up at one a.m. and walk around a train in the middle of winter. <laughs> yeah, fair Fair enough. Cool. Yep, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> not pleasant.
2: What about the um, uh, the Hemsworth of train routes? I mean, I caught this Trans Siberian Express, which is uh, that's a big one. Is like is every train driver trying to get on the gun? What's uh, What's the What's the uh, the Hollywood train tri- drive in Australia?
4: Quite the opposite. I mean, <laughs> oh, for the people real- that I know. You want that run to be as short as possible. Oh! Like, an hour max. like you want to be done. Like, get there, get back, cruisy-ass. That's what you want as a train
2: driver. <laughs> do you ever run into people who just love trains so much? I remember in high school, there were a few people who just loved trains so much. Um, do you ever get stuck in a conversation with people who likes trains a lot more than you do?
4: I haven't been stuck in a conversation with one. They actually have a name, so they're called... Gunzels? Gunzels? Gunzels. Yeah, so that sounds really weird. So that's like a train fanatic.
2: Got gotcha. you. Um,
4: they are oh, the amount of times I've driven into a station and there's like someone there with a tripod set up taking photos. Like they're not exciting <laughs> trains that we drive, but that's fine.
2: That's right. Because um, on the station, there's at the front, there's that video screen you can look at to make sure everyone's boarded and stuff. Do you ever see some yep. weird stuff on that?
4: um especially if you work the night network you see some real weird things (laughs) um i'm very naive so i see um things that i think are handshakes friends saying goodbye but they are i can't i don't know if i can say it like Illegal happenings, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Those <Right>. illegal
2: handshakes. <laughs> yeah, and I'm
4: just like, oh, he's saying goodbye to his mate, and then it's like, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your
1: what's your relationship? He's saying, That's a goodbye
2: to to his mate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what what is your relationship with some of the uh, you know? Because I'm like, I never did this, but I knew people certainly in high school. Who uh, street artists who um, make it a very much a point to like you were talking about before trespass and paint trains. What is what is the relationship between the driver and the graffiti artist? Do you, how much do you hate them?
4: Very much so. <laughs> um, they, I don't know how they know what they know, but they know how to stop the train in the middle of the section there's a way that you can stop it from the outside and they know. What, so what do you mean? It's, oh, it's so hard to explain without getting like train terminology. Yeah. There's,
2: there's emergency, the emergency sort of stops stop on, the on the outside of the outside train. That they
4: know where it is. So oh they God. will, you know, add a platform, pull it, and you're like, oh, cool, I can't go anywhere. It gives them time. To do what they have to do and run off.
2: I just thought they'd sneak into the depot and like spray it in the depot, but you're saying the train's running, they disable it, spray,
1: yeah. and then you gotta go and fix it up and go off.
4: Yes, that's exactly what happens.
1: Those Dirty I mean, wanna, like And then so when you get back, do you like sort of, is it like a movie? Do you throw the keys onto your desk and the boss comes in and you're like, I got tagged again. And then they, they go out and sort of you survey the damage. Is it is it like, to, does the, everyone at the station hate them? I mean, at the depot hate them as well?
4: Yes, but it's kind of more like, uh, there's kind of a little saying, it's not my train set, I just play with the trains. So <laughs> I don't really care that much. I'm like, oh, yeah. They graffiti the train. I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, it's pretty chill for me, but, like, they're, they're pretty ruthless. Like, if you're driving around Night Network, you pull up to a station, they will run out of the bushes, like, in the cover oh. of the night and, like, pr- spray, spray paint the whole side of the train. Like, it's insane. That's like, how many so people rough. are we talking
1: in one go?
4: Oh, maybe four max. Like, they're not in huge gangs, but, like, yeah, it's pretty – it off. just happens
1: that's and then they just scam. Anonymous, we thank you so much for everything that you've shared with us. It really is incredibly insightful into the world of trains. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share before we let you go?
4: Look, if we're if we're late, it's usually not the driver's fault. If a service is cancelled, it's not the driver's fault. Mm-hmm. So don't nothing's don't the driver's pers- fault.
1: We get it. Pretty, <laughs> you're perfect. pretty much,
4: like you're right in saying that, but <laughs> I haven't copped any uh Mean words, but just be nice to us. Okay, great. We will <laughs> do. Right, we'll do.
1: We're all <laughs> aboard. Next time we uh, catch up. <laughs> Sounds
4: good. Thanks, guys. Great, thanks. Thank you. Catch you later. See ya.
2: I think Matt got a little bit nervous talking to a train driver there. Oh, so. you know, I just wanted to <laughs> do, do, die, I choo choo choose you, <laughs> uh, which is pretty good. But please, um, it's so interesting every week talking to an insider. We don't care what industry you're in. Just let us know on the uh, Matt Nelly's Instagram, please send us a message. Let us know uh, what you do. Uh, we've got, you know, could we be teachers, mechanics behind the scenes of there? It'd be really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Please get in touch, and uh, we'd love to. Uh, Check out your industry next week. Order up. Just how you like it.
1: Perfect.
2: All day breakfast. It was a big day yesterday, Matt, having a chat about nicknames. We briefly became brand new radio presenters, Sandy and the U., yeah. Uh, which was pretty good. We did think afterwards as well, like Alexander. That could have been Dur and you. Uh, and you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it was great to embody those people for a, for a small time. But um, it did prompt a fair bit of talk back. and we're going to get into a few other nicknames with people right now, including Kim from Gippsland, from the land. How are you, Kim? Hey, good. Thanks, dryers yourselves. Not good. Good, thanks, I mean, Kim. Not, good. Was- not too bad. I'm good. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Pip. Kim is Kim is Kim short for something?
0: It is short for Kimberly.
1: Oh, the uh, burly. Okay.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so my dad actually gave me the nickname Burly uh, back when I was probably in grade three. <laughs>
1: That's the way. Oh, okay. Now yeah. um, I'm looking at Burley on the uh, on the internet here as an adjective of a person large and strong, heavily built. Does that describe you? Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, no, okay. my
0: dad actually gave me the nickname based on fish burly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you Just- stank and attract sharks? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you resemble a whole bunch of off prawns? Um- no. <laughs> Breadcrumbs that he just throws out, the chum. He should have called you did he call you chum?
0: No, not chum. He thought burley would be a bit more insulting. So yeah. we'll go with that one.
1: Kim <laughs> Burley. And did it
0: catch
2: on? Do other people call it, you that now?
0: It did, yes. Yeah. So it actually came about. We used to go on fishing uh trips tr- quite a lot and I'd always end up being seasick. And dad would always say I'd make the burley by being sick <laughs> over oh, the boat. <laughs>
1: Burley making Burley. Yes. <laughs> oh, lovely <laughs> stuff, Kim. Oh, or should I say Burley? Thanks very much. Yeah. Thanks, Burles. Okay. We'll, we'll catch you later. We've also got Georgia from Melbourne. G'day, Georgia. Hi. How are you going? Good. Thanks, Georgia. Now, you had a problem with a certain game. Yeah, so it was like a, a Disney kids game, and the first thing I had to do was enter my name. So I wrote Georgia, and it wouldn't let me submit it. And when I looked, it had... G-E and then four asterisks and then A, it had blanked out the O-R-G-I like Orgy or something. <laughs> oh, what? Really? <laughs> yeah, like not even spelled right and I, I couldn't submit my name so I thought how about that for a nickname? <laughs> orgy. So what, now you're Orgy? Oh, Orgy. <laughs> <laughs> you and Mate, Sandy. You, so... Orgy. <laughs> so
2: just kidding on the <laughs> Of the thing, so it's a Disney game, so they would have made sure that no offensive or sexually suggestive words can be inserted into the game,
1: yeah. I guess, and they covered all faces by making it like even misspellings of them not working, <laughs> yeah. Because or-g- orgia is not an like- orgy does not make, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unless it meant thought you were spelling orgiasm. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe. No. George, Georgegasm. No, it doesn't Organ. work. No. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Anyways. Well, uh, so is was it was your nickname Orgy? Um, no, thankfully. Have you ever been in an orgy? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's another okay, way on. you can
2: get nicknames. If people like walk in and catch you
1: in, in a thing, you could get that nickname from <laughs> then on. Yeah. Like, oh, that's the person who had the orgy. Hey, Orgy, what's up? Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, all right, well, hopefully uh, other people have better better, better luck with playing that Disney game. Hope their name's not Richard. Um, putting in a nickname there. Anyways. Yeah, hard. That would be no good. All right, thanks very much
2: for that one, Georgia. We'll catch you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye. It's interesting that Disney would do that because I went to see the premiere of Star Wars, right, Matt? Yeah. Um when the final of the new latest trilogy came out, okay. Big IMAX thing pre COVID. And they were serving up cola, okay, but you could print your own label. And so oh. Woods comes on and goes, Woods, and so she gets a proper Woods printed label on there. And um, In a
1: certain cola font and everything. In the
2: cola fonts, and you could you yeah. know have that to go into your movie and have a sippy of your cola and then the, co- oh, the colour sort of colours.
1: Yeah. But
2: yeah, yeah. I went to write Rat Dog yeah. on the cola yeah, and they wouldn't let me. What? It wasn't allowed. Would- it was one of the names that was banned. No. So I'm not sure if Rat was banned. I'm not <laughs> sure if Dog was banned. I'm not sure if Rat Dog was banned. <laughs> Are but, you kidding me? But Dis- I'm not sure if it was Disney. I'm not sure if it was the cola company because Disney is doing Star Wars now. Yeah, because they're on. I can't believe this. And I wasn't allowed to put Rat Dog on there because <laughs> it was banned. And now Orgy's banned. The Rat Dog's banned. I did end up getting Seshgram on there. With a, <laughs> I, I slipped Seshgram past <laughs> the keeper. But, um, yeah, there you go. Outrageous.
1: Alex Dyson, uh, one of my favourite things before doing a show, a stand-up show, is uh, curating the house music. Mm. And our next guest... On uh, Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast, is someone whose song I listened to over and over again on an entire national tour before my show because I absolutely love it so much and I still do to this day. The song goes like this. And it is by a group called The Meeting Tree, okay? It's called I Hate Myself. I paid My Tax. I paid My Tax, sorry. It's, uh, I thought it was I paid My Tax and then in brackets I Hate Myself. It was released uh, back in 2015. Um, and one of the people who created that song, okay, since then, even since just last year, has had a pretty significant change in career. One of the
2: all-time pivots, we'll call it, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, So as someone who used to grace our stages as a uh, producer, part of the one day crew, part of meeting tree, his name is Raf Dixon. And we'd like to welcome to Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Hello, Raf.
3: Uh, Hello, thank you for the introduction. When you said that one of your favorite things to do is like curate playlists, and joining us today i thought you were going to say is a guy who just loves curating things you know he's <laughs> just a curator
2: alright we did want to talk to you because it is this interesting w- way that you're able to uh to you know take your career in a different directions i mean before the meeting today i remember chatting to you and uh you were a social media manager for a few different pages
3: that's true yeah better homes and gardens uh home and away a number of yeah the the channel 7 assets i was a social media uh manager <laughs>
1: did <laughs> were you really wait 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 yeah. you're telling me you're you're doing <laughs> posting our tiles of Better Homes and Gardens and then on the weekends getting on stage saying, you know, singing Are You a Cop and talking about <laughs> gosh knows what you've been up to on the weekends. Uh, yeah, and in
3: some ways continue to do so, you know. Like <laughs> uh, I guess the elephant in the room is that, yeah, I now like sell cat food. Um, but you look, we've the music career also like whilst it's no longer front and centre, um, you guys were obviously around during the heyday, glory days.
2: Of the meeting tree, Aria nominated, best urban release
1: 2015.
3: Yeah, I mean, I know, Godfathers of Australian dance music, um, <laughs> friend of Chet Faker, you know, <laughs> that we had a lot said about us. But yeah, you guys were like, but nowadays, you know, I'm a little bit older. The music has taken a little bit of a backseat, but it's still there. It's still ticking away. You know, at, at my age, it can't be front and center. We've got Capture Be a Human Right coming out soon. So I'm still, you know, slinging. <laughs> wait, uh, wait.
2: It, I've got pet food on the mind. So, did you say cats <laughs> should be a human right?
3: <laughs> no, caps. C A P S. Sure, you're right. right. Baseball okay. caps it's should be. You're absolutely right, things. Raph. Good work.
2: Um, oh. But let's let's revisit a little bit before we get into what you're doing these days, because it is a you know it's an interesting check-in for people. You know, we've worked. We interview a lot of musicians on the show, and so yeah, we talk about music a lot. But these side projects are good. But let's go to the to the heydays where I'm standing and I'm watching you and your bandmate Joyrides absolutely rocking the mosh pit at Groovin' the Moo tour 2016, okay? I had the unenviable task of trying to get a crowd ready for what was about to happen on stage. <laughs> and then you came out. Can you tell us about what it was like, you know, playing these big shows around Groovin' the Moo and, and the like?
3: Look, I have to be honest. That was like a highlight of my career, um, closing for you. Um, <laughs> no, but, but Groovin' was, Groovin was. I mean, that was all time. You were there. Um <laughs> Playing in front of a big crowd, especially with like the meeting tree, you know, that started, I'm going to be honest, like as a bit of a joke, right? And um, whom amongst us hasn't made a career out of a bit of a joke?
1: That would have been this Yeah, we're still doing it daily. It's from six am. Um, uh, <laughs> honestly,
2: Raf, we did Australia's Got Flatulence. The other week. <laughs> so, so we, that was that's out there now.
1: We so cannot undo yes. that. Everyone in this room lives by that. So yeah, so I mean, it was one of the highlights. I mean, do are there any stories from that tour? I can't remember.
3: Oh mate, there's a few stories. I mean, I happen to play cricket with, right now nowadays um, with Red and also uh, the producer of Like a Version. And the meeting tree at the time, you might remember, was uh, when you boys were hosting a like a version, the meeting tree was asked, you know, would you like to come in and do a like a version? Mm. And we suggested, we had a kind of an ongoing relationship with Chet Faker, one-way relationship with Chet Faker. Um, my my bandmate went viral for um, suggesting he should, um, uh, how do I put this politely? How what, What's the rating of this podcast?
1: We can uh, beep things. We
3: can, <laughs> okay. <yeah>. We, <laughs> sure. <laughs> suggested he, he should on the red carpet of the Arias and that kind of went <laughs> viral, et cetera, et cetera. No, no, anyway. I think, yeah,
2: just there's got to be a comma in there in which <laughs> on the red carpet of the Arias, he suggested that yes. rather yeah, than so, doing yeah, he, it on
1: the
3: red carpet in front oh, of the photo wall. Oh, I thought wall. you meant
1: he wanted to do it on the red carpet. No, 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 no. He was as, interviewed like, on the red carpet
3: and he said something rude. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, he said something rude. Anyway, whatever. So that's the backstory. Like we've got this relationship with Chet Faker. He, We suggested that he was a cop and let's be honest, some of the Meeting Tree fans well, some argue that they took it too far. I think they took it the right amount. Um, in Mexico, for example, someone was holding up a sign at a Chet Faker concert saying, like, are you a cop? That was enough it Was enough from his perspective. He told us to stop. He told our ma- his management told our management to stop. Anyway, <laughs> to try and build a bridge for that relationship during this Groove in the Moo Mu- tour Mu- t- with you, we were asked to do Like A Version, and we suggested that we do a Chet Faker song as you will both remember.
2: Well, I think we found out about this later. I don't think we were aware of it at the time. Well, I think we found uh, out later on that this was going on because uh, contrary to popular belief, Matt and I don't have any input on who plays like a version.
3: Well, at the time, we didn't realise that, so I was leaning on you pretty heavily.
1: Um, you were dropping names um, anyway uh, <laughs> constantly. So you wanted to play Chet Faker's song. What happened? Well,
3: we were told maybe to pick another song, but we were quite adamant. We, um, the Rubens were on that tour with us. We were having a great time with the Rubens. Um, Sam from the Rubens was really keen for us to do it. He said they just they just won um, number one, Hottest 100. And so Sam said, uh, you know, um, I'll, I'll be on it. They can't say no if I'm on it too. So we suggested. They did say no. They they did say no. Yeah, we sent a demo. Yeah, they still said no. Pick another song. And Um, now you're um.
2: It says here you're selling cat food, rap. (laughs) So um. What's Nick doing? What's Mister Murphy doing? So uh, that showed Chet Faker right there up.
3: (laughs) I mean, yeah. Well he's not on this podcast,
1: boys, is he? <laughs> That's true. It's true. That he hasn't been a guest yet. We, we did invite <laughs>
2: him on. Um,
1: he said
4: no.
3: So, but have um,
1: you have you made amends in, with Chet yet?
3: We're considering doing a, a joint tour with him. Like we are. We're considering it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't heard about it. Doesn't know not yet. Okay. <laughs> Well, here it is, Chet. That's the the, the uh, first ask is out there. Uh, yep. Your response is waiting. Um, Raph Dixon, we do want to, we, we brought you on to chat about what you've, this new venture that you've taken on. 2020 hits, you've, you decide. Music dies. Life yeah, music, music dies around, around the world. Mm. Finally. Mm. The rabid dogs are eating its remains by the roadside. <laughs> And, and you I think, look hello. at those, you look at those dogs <laughs> and think, yeah, exactly. And think there's a business in this. So tell us what, tell us about Pet.
3: Okay. So well, yeah, honest story is that like, I'm a cat owner. Um, I have been a dog owner previously and I've always found it super annoying that like buying pet food, I run out, I run out of pet food and I, I've always thought like there's to be more people like me who run out of pet food and have to go to the convenience store and buy them and I would be great if that if I didn't have to do that at all if just the right amount showed up I've had this idea for a for a pet food delivery subscription thing it took a while to launch in the end I mean we were testing for about a year you've got to test these things to make sure you don't kill any cats um, with the food itself okay oh, testing the food number for sure. one the idea was just to make it simple so you're not going down in this bloody rain to the uh, servo you know at, at nine o'clock at night because if you've gotten uh, your pet food. So you, you sign up, you give a few, inf- a bit of information about your pet, their size, their age. Um, and then their you, fussiness. Get mu- Do you
2: have to put in their fussiness.
3: <laughs> well, you have the option for a variety. If your some pets like variety. <laughs> mm. Um, so for an extra six bucks a month, um, <laughs> just, just tick the variety box and, um, yeah, then it rocks up and next month credit card gets, gets hit. And, um, another month shows up. You don't have to do anything. It's just there every month with a scoop that's the right size scoop for your animal, blah, 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 blah. It's just, uh, makes life very easy. Sosa.pet
1: online if you want to have a look at it. Thanks very much, Raf, for uh, letting us know about Sosa.pet. Check out The Meeting Tree for some, uh, some tracks. Is there new music coming out?
3: Uh, yeah, there might just be a new, just a new single after all these years. Why not? Thanks, wow. guys. Really appreciate Good. it. Good to see you both.
1: Awesome. See you later.
3: See you next time.
2: All day breakfast with a cup of tea with a tea bag stuck in it. Mm-mm. We are out of time here in the all day breakfast studios, but we will catch you next time. We're not have much to leave you with today, other than to say, Matt O'Kine, um, After the controversy in Federal Parliament re- recently, we should probably um, re-emphasize not to pleasure yourself in your boss's office and take a photo of it. Um, not the best move there. Just a public service announcement.
1: Yeah, we're very glad we have to make those sort of uh, announcements. It is like
2: one of Um, those signs you have to put up. You're like, we didn't think we'd need to put up a sign, (laughs) but here it is. Just to make sure there's absolutely no... If you're thinking about it, maybe don't. That's all we need. Okay. We're done. Goodbye. Bye.
0: Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au Listener